Oh my God, I have chills. What happened? Oh my God. Oh, I just can't. What? <laughs> oh my God. Hey, y'all. I'd like to apologize on Rachel's behalf because she's hungover today. I am so hungover. <laughs> I can't. Y'all, it's um, my husband's member guest golf tournament, and that means it is day after day of parties and dinners and events and hungover. And she's telling her story today. So I get to sit pretty and just relax and criticize. Ooh, I'm going to criticize. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to be harsh on her. <laughs> Listen, I'm H'd City Johnson. Oh, my God. And I'm like such a chomp. Like, ugh. whenever I've been drinking, I pay the babysitter way oh, too yeah. much. Like, I tipped 50 bucks on top of her $25 an hour rate last. Like, I'm like, I am Why? such a... I'm going to have to take a loan out for all these babysitters this weekend. I can't. What? Like, tipping babies. I always, I always do round up for sure. But like <laughs> you. 50 bucks. Yeah. You tip on top. They're pocketing it all of it anyway. I don't know. It's well, we were late. It doesn't go know. to a company. You're not tipping them. They're just, you're, the whole thing's a tip. Oh my God. I'm such a chump. I know that. Our, I already know that. But I know I, I round up too for sure. But you've rounded up like two hundred dollars, and I'm like, wait, okay. that was the very first babysitter <clears throat> I had. And then I went to pick up the kids yesterday, and I I'm not kidding. My hair was not done. I was not dressed. I did have makeup on. And Charlie looked at me and goes, "Do we have a babysitter tonight?" <laughs> oh. I was like, merely because I have on mascara. Yeah, you do. Buddy, oh, <laughs> absentee parent. I'm not kidding. I was like, come Sunday, you'll have your parents back. I promise. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. They had so much fun. Oh, my God. I have the most bummer story. Not Great. not my story today. Like, I have just this <gasps> sidebar. Oh, I've, what? I've been getting these alerts all week, and I'm like, I am not clicking on this article. I do not want to hear about it. Oh, yeah. But I could not avoid it last night. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it is? Um, Alexis, whatever. Who killed her baby? No, no. I, this made national news. A homeless man at Weaver Park, which is my kid's favorite playground. We go all the time. Uh -huh. Murdered a dog. <gasps> oh, mine's way worse. But the owner, the owner was playing pickleball and this angel fluffy dog was just tied up by the tree, minding its own business. And a homeless man came up and slit its throat. Oh, <gasps> Stop that. People jumped in and got him and he's in jail now. Oh, my. you should see this dog. It's like a it's a mix of several breeds, but it is a big, fluffy golden retriever. Oh, I mean, he is the sweetest looking angel. And everyone around was like, that dog was totally unprovoked. Isn't that sad? That's really sad. No, I thought you were talking about Alexi Tre Treviso, whatever. Mm -mm. She was arrested Thursday. Um, she went to the hospital in like New Mexico because she had back pains and went to the bathroom, locked herself in, had a baby, <gasps> and mm -mm. Threw, threw that baby in the trash. No. Allegedly. <sighs> but like, come on. Oh, my no. God. She's like a teenager. 
And it's, I'm like, you're, uh, she's 19. I looked her up. What a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. I can't with that. No, but that came up after that our um, baby. Like, <sighs> so many adoptions around so, it. Lit I, it makes me really mad. I know. So many ways around it. But no, me and Bear have been watching. Um, I was a teenage felon, and that news break came on right after. And I was like, oh my God, I heard about this today. And then I kind of got sucked in. And I was like, okay, well. Have you started Homicide for the Holidays? No, not yet, but I love the title of that. Y'all, I scroll through Oxygen's True Crime uh, series, and I came across Homicide, Homicide for the Holidays. And I'm like, <laughs> this is going to be epic. It's, got, it's A+. Plus. I already it, know it. Uh, it's already just a great, great series. Oh, my God. I can't. Well... Those were bummer topics at the top. Sorry, because we're going to get into a bummer story. But first, hey, patrons, new patrons, Kat and Tracy. Kat's my girl. Tracy, hey. you are too. I just personally know Kat. Uh, I was like, oh, ouch. No, hey Tracy, guys. you too. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Thank you. All right. I am going to get to my story. I am going to one-eye it. I'm just kidding. I'm not that hungover. I had a good nap. Yeah, yeah right. Okay. A lot of water, too. So y'all calm down. My sources. Okay, well, I'm telling Rebecca about Stacy Pinnell. Buckle up. Sources. The Case File. On the Case with Paula Zahn. The Cinemaholic. The Daily Corinthian. The Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Chicago Tribune. And a little bit from Small Town Murder. Not a lot, though. A little bit, though. Love that podcast. Listen, shout out to James and Jimmy. <laughs> Surely you're listening. You're listening, right? Stacy Pinnell was born in Ripley, Mississippi, which I always want to go Ripley. <laughs> Just to. Uh-huh. I get that. Uh, in 1967, she was the oldest of three siblings and described as a friendly person who always tried to help others. Rebecca's going to give me shit and a dead stare for saying something nice about no, the victim. No, I'm not. I'm yeah, not. right. You're gonna, I thought you were going to be like, of they're always they friendly. Are. Well, I just need some examples. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. No, I, um, the victim is always, you know, light up a room, blah, blah, blah. But when I say it, it was like Hannah Cornelius. I had shit to back it up. I'm like, well. Uh -huh. That's true. Sorry. I don't. Anyway, I have no doubt she was nice. Okay. Stacy was on the rifle drill team in high school, graduated fourth in her class, and had a scholarship offers to several colleges, but chose Northeast Mississippi Community College in Boonville so she could, she could stay close to family because her dad had recently been diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh, see, that right yeah. there is very nice. Tells yeah. me what kind of person she is. Loves her family. Boonville is about 30 minutes from Ripley. Mm -hmm. So 1985, 18-year-old Stacy was a freshman and on the band rifle team, which is like marching band, but they have guns. It's <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. So it's, they're like, they're like jamming out and then like, shh, shh, <laughs> instead no, of a bass drop, they, pow, 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 the whole team. No, they're wooden rifles. They're not real. They're just props. But today they use ak 47 <laughs> No, it's perfect. But today they use Uzis. And they are locked and loaded. Props my ass. <laughs> oh my God. 
Uh, I'm Could sorry. You imagine? Um, I, no, yeah, unfortunately, I can. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. They're hand all these 18 year olds AK 47s, right? Get out. It's half time. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. This is not a laughing matter. Now, in 1985, wooden rifles. Don't worry about it. I wonder if they still have that. Anyway, that's amazing. Stacy was living in Murphy Hall, which is an all-girls dorm on campus. And on October 8, 1985, Stacy's roommate, Amy Wheeler, came back to the dorm room that night, and it was locked. Now, I'm going to explain the layout. Each dorm has two beds in it with two roommates, and they share a bathroom with their neighbors, and the bathroom connects the two rooms. So it's a Jack and Jill. Yeah. It's technically a suite, and it's a Jack and Jill bathroom. Yeah. So Amy comes home at like 2.30 in the morning and the door is locked from the hallway and she doesn't have her key. So she's knocking. Stacy isn't answering. So she figures she's asleep. So she goes to her neighbor's door, um, Stephanie Alexander, who's like their sweet mate, so mm. she can walk through the bathroom. Yeah. So she's knocking. Stephanie finally wakes up. She's like clearly been sleeping. She's out of it. She's like, sure, walk through. Stephanie and Amy walk into the room and it's dark, but there's a little light from the bathroom and they see... Stacy lying on her bed. Her left leg is resting on the bed. Her right leg was down on the floor and her top was pulled up and her underwear was pulled down to her knees. So they're like, holy shit, she must have passed out like this. Like, yikes. So Amy goes to pick up her right leg to help her like get all the way in in bed. And she notices that Stacy's cold and heavy. (gasps) Then she notices a ton of blood on her pillow. Mm. terrified she runs out of the room this time using the door that just connects straight to the hallway Mm -hmm. yells for help and another student belinda posey comes out to see what's going on amy tells her that she thinks stacy's dead go check and like see if you see what we just saw oh no belinda goes to open the door from the hallway and it's locked again see in college well weren't our dorm rooms didn't they lock automatically uh no i don't think so so be, uh, we would walk in and out of each other's doors that's all true. day. That's no. true. I yeah. for some reason thought they did, but I was going to note that that's not the case here. So she's like, what the fuck? So she also goes through Stephanie's room, through the oh bathroom. God, locked again like someone clo- locked it behind her? Seemingly, yeah. That's the eeriest shit I've ever heard. I know. So Belinda also goes through Stephanie's room, through the bathroom, like Amy had to. Sees Stacy is like, holy shit, and immediately runs out to get the dorm mother, which I guess is like an RA. Yeah. The dorm mother, Edna Snyder, went to their door, and again, it's locked. Third time. Someone's in the closet. So she gets a security guard to unlock it, and when she walks in, she also sees Stacy, sees the blood on the pillow, but now Stacy's underwear is down to her calf and only on one leg <gasps> before it was on both legs and pulled down to her knees. They call police and detectives find that she had severe injuries to the left side of her head and there was a ton of blood on the pillow and head, as noted. There are also blood splatters on the walls, ceilings, some as far as nine feet away from her. Oh, gross. She had only been in college for six weeks. Oh. She, like, just got there. Yeah. Stacy's wooden drill rifle is lying on the floor with a towel wrapped around the barrel end. Oh, God. And there was blood on the handle of it. Oh, so God. someone, like, turned it over and yeah. beat her, mm-hmm. bludgeoned yeah. her to death with the handle part of it. Her window was open, and a hole had been cut out in the screen. Their room was on the first floor, and it faced a huge open field. So if someone came in and out of the window, they would probably go unnoticed. Yeah. However, upon further review of the window screen, they noticed that the fibers are facing outward. 
not inward. Wait, hold on. Let me think. <laughs> this is not scientific. Okay. It indicates that someone cut it from the inside, not the outside. Oh. Perhaps to throw off police or an intruder came in through the door and left out the window. Mm. We'll see, won't we? I, I hope so. You did an unsolved one last time, so. It's solved, y'all. Everyone chill out. Mm. In the dorm room, there's cash in plain sight, and Stacy has her jewelry on, so not a robbery. Mm-hmm. Because of the nudity, they determined pretty quickly that it was sexually motivated. Steve Williams was the lead investigator, and his team talked to every resident living there to ask if they saw or heard anything. They were confident that seeing a man in the dorm after curfew would have stuck out, but they quickly learned that it was very common for some of the girls to sneak in non-residents to spend, spend the night. You know, you remember... I was, no, I don't. I don't think anyone did that. Ours was like a fucking San Quentin for, yeah, Fort Knox. Um, I spent the night, at, I got busted sneaking out of Stockard. Oh, but I stayed at my boyfriend's um, <laughs> dorm and it's a lot. Yeah. I know. But once I got busted. You did? I feel like, yeah, maybe it was more common for girls to stay at boys. But I feel like Martin at Ole Miss, y'all, was yeah, Fort Knox. Was, you couldn't do it. It was Fort Knox. Well, the thing with Stockard was that's the the neighboring boy dorm. We shared a lobby and then the girls were on one side, boys were on the other. So I was sneaking out. The thing with Stockard was if you went out the stairs, the exit that was on the stairs, it was an alarm. But if you pressed it hard enough, it wouldn't sound. It's a very big problem. That's a big problem. The thing is, once you got out of there, the front desk person could see you. So you had to run. (laughs) It's so Silly. It's silly. So I did that several times without getting caught. But one time we were like walking down the stairs and the RA was standing there and I was like, fuck, strike. Did you get a strike? I think so. Oh, my God. Oh, because you had to get some. (laughs) Ew. Gross. Gross. Anyway, sorry. So at this time, 136 girls lived in Murphy Hall. It's three stories. So roughly 45 girls per floor. Investigators talked to every single one of them. Not one heard a thing. No screams, no sound (gasps) of struggle, leading them to the conclusion that she was likely asleep asleep. when she was attacked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As far as evidence goes, there were no identifiable fingerprints on the rifle and all the blood in the room was determined to be Stacy's. God. 1985. Nothing. Yeah. There was a like smudge of a fingerprint, but they couldn't. It wasn't enough. Dudes wearing like hazmat suit. They got the autopsy back and they were shocked to learn that Stacy was in fact not raped. Oh, staged. Yeah, she was positioned to look like that. So police pieced together Stacy's day up until the murder. On October 7th, she went to classes, went to band practice. After band practice, she went and played an intramural softball game. After the game, she went to her dorm to get ready for the night and then went out with friends. Around 11.15 p.m., she asked her friends to drop her off at Tommy Osborne's dorm. Tommy was sort of her boyfriend. They had recently started seeing each other, not exclusively, like just casually. Yeah. So the friends dropped her off at his dorm, and Tommy ended up dropping her back off at Murphy Hall later that night. She was last seen in the hallway of Murphy Hall around 12.30 a.m. Tommy told detectives that he dropped her off and went right back to his dorm, went to sleep. Several people um, from Tommy's dorm verified that he was at the dorm that night. 
He allowed them to search his room. They didn't find anything that would indicate he did anything. They asked him to do a lie detector test. He he does, passes with flying colors. He's cleared very quickly. Mm -hmm. So they go down the list of other men in Stacy's life, and they find out she had an ex-fiance named Ben Cox. In college, she had an ex-fiance? Mm-hmm. Mississippi man. I know. Ben and Stacy were high school sweethearts. I got to tell you, he looks 40 years old. I, I cannot believe this kid's 18. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Okay. A few weeks before Stacy went to school, she broke off the engagement because she wanted the full college experience. Good for her. I mean, God couldn't he, support that more. Uh, could not yeah. support that more. Yes. He had the college <laughs> experience 20 years ago. <laughs> the, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'll post right. a pic. Okay. This breakup was not at all mutual. Ooh. Ben w- did not want to break up. He'd come to visit her unannounced. And w- she was like, please stop. Like, I want freedom. We're done with this. Yeah. Her sweet mate, Stephanie, told detectives that Ben's persistence got worse as the semester went on. Stacy told her that he wouldn't take no for an answer. Mm. She kept trying to give the ring back. He wouldn't take it. She sent it to him, I guess, in the mail, which is dicey. And he sent it back. Uh, great. All right. Look, you tried. <laughs> right look Look, i tried you won't accept it i'm keeping the diamond got it got it pawn shop here i come right drive that engagement ring (laughs) i'm driving that ring now Mm -hmm. stephanie said she didn't seem scared necessarily of ben but definitely concerned about the situation Mm -hmm. so ben is number one suspect sure they go to talk to him and he adamantly denies having anything to do with it he said he hadn't seen Stacy in a week, and he was home during the time of the murder. He even went to bed early that night. He lived at home, so they asked his mom, and she was like, yeah. Uh, she worked at the hospital from the, the 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. shift, and when she got home, she checked on him, and he was asleep. She verified that. But that's not a great alibi because Stacy was killed sometime after midnight and before 2.30 yeah. a.m., and Boonville's 30 minutes from Ripley. So she All could right. have checked on him at 11. He was mm-hmm. there, and then he left after easily. Yeah. He does a polygraph test. The results were inconclusive. So he remains number one suspect, but there's nothing actually placing him there. The blood was all Stacy's. There's no fingerprints. They could not arrest him. Yeah. Meanwhile, students on campus are freaking out. There's an insane amount of pressure to solve it. There's 2,300 students on campus and police interview more than 400 of them over the next six months, but nothing helps to move the case forward. Nothing. Almost a year after her murder, one of the investigators attended a seminar where he heard an expert on interrogation talking about a new technique, studying body language and eye movements to tell if a person's lying. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, let's go. Let's hear it. Let's go. The expert's name was Stephen Rhodes. He was a police chief in a small Chicago suburb, and he was known as the human lie detector. Nice. This guy's good. This guy's good. He once got... I think this technique started in like a drug focused, like to get drug dealers. And he once got a very known drug dealer to not only confess, this is all one conversation, not only confess, but knock out seven people. (laughs) He's like, good. He's good. He'll get the truth. He'll get the truth. Okay. At this point, the lead investigator, Detective Williams, was like, we need something. So he calls Stephen to come down to Mississippi and help. And Stephen agrees. 
Steven's technique is to, again, study body language and see if the person's lying. As mentioned, he there are subtle indicators to tell when someone's lying, as we all know. Like when you say, if someone asks you a question and you say yes, but your head's nodding no. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. You know, simple things, but they get more complex. Mm-hmm. Detective Williams is very eager for Steven to talk to Ben Cox and even tells him, our goal is for you to get Cox to admit this. So he told him. Mm. And Steven's like, well, no. Yeah, first. that's not what that's not. Yeah, he's like, no, I want to talk to everyone. Like, I'm starting from the beginning, not just the suspect. I want to talk to every single witness y'all talk to. He wanted to hear everyone's account of what happened from the beginning. So he, he talks to Stacy's roommate, Amy, first. He asked what she was doing that night, asked her to tell him about finding the body, recount everything. The whole time he's watching her like a hawk to see if she's lying. He said everything about her body language indicated she was telling the truth. She was upset, but her emotions were very appropriate, he said, and gave no signs of deception. Mm -hmm. He asked Amy if she had any idea who would want to kill or hurt Stacy, and she said no. Next, he talks to Stephanie, the sweet mate. He asked her to walk through her entire day. She's going through it. She, too, is showing no signs of deception, totally honest. Then they get to the time of the murder, and she said she got to her dorm room that night. She went straight to bed, never even saw Stacy until Amy woke her up, and they went in the room and found her. Yeah. As they're talking, Stephen starts to sense something's wrong. <gasps> She's withholding information. Oh. He asked her to walk through the part of the night where she got home and went straight to bed, and she gets to the part where Amy wakes her up, and this time she says, so I went back into their room with <gasps> Amy. Oh. Stephen lets her finish, and then he steps out of the room for a moment and goes to get De- Detective Williams and said, the girl I'm talking to right now killed Stacy." <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> chills. That's my chills. Yeah. He said, you may want to come in here. Detective Williams was like, and everyone on the team was like, no, false. We have interviewed her several times. She has been extremely helpful. She's even called me to check in on the case to see how everything was going. Of course she has. <laughs> come well, on. Listen, that sure sounds like a red flag, but like if she were innocent, I would probably do the same thing. If my neighbor got yeah. murdered and there's no signs of a suspect and he clearly got in and out without being detected and literally lived scared. next door to me, I would be freaking out too. So I'm yeah. like, that's not, and they're 18, you know, I don't know. You're just like, wait, is there any update? I would do it too. I would also do it if I were guilty too, though. Yeah, no. So Stephen went back into the room without Detective Williams to and was determined to keep pressing her until he got the truth. Yes, he kept, Stephen. He kept asking her questions, but before she could answer, he'd stop her and say, nope, do not lie. He did oh this over and over. She would like not even get a word out. He'd be like, uh, say, tell the truth. Do not lie. You're about to lie to me. Oh my God. I feel like a child in trouble. She eventually looked straight into his eyes and said, you can read my mind, can't you? And he said, <laughs> yes, I can. And she responds, then you already know I did it. <gasps> oh, no, that's when I got the goosebumps. That girl. How did he do that, you ask? Yes, I do ask. Okay. Early in the interrogation, Stephen asked her, like, standard baseline questions. What's your name? What's your birthday? What's your phone number? Where are you uh, from? Mm-hmm. With every answer, she looked left. Uh-huh. Then when he asked her to speculate how Stacy may have been killed, her eyes shifted right. And she said, I don't know. He asked, who do you think had the opportunity to kill Stacy? Same thing. Eyes went right. And she said, I don't know. Then he asked what she thought the motive was. Same thing. Eyes right. I don't know. 
Mm. That's when he got very specific with the questions and called her out on every single answer saying you're lying. Because she would start looking right before answering. Yeah, I'm getting <laughs> so yes, this went on for two hours. And she finally concluded he was a mind reader and he, <laughs> he confessed. <laughs> Look, you're a psychic. Uh, what are we doing? Yeah. Here? Yeah. This is called neuro hmm. neurolinguistics. Yes, I mm -hmm. know. This is called neurolinguistics programming. It's the way our brain processes different types of information and how it affects our behavior. It's complicated. There's a ton to it. But simply put, when you're recalling information, you look one way, typically. Mm -hmm. If you're like just recalling a memory or your name or phone number, if you're just thinking. When you're being creative and coming up with a story, it looks the other way, typically. So hers, she was like saying her name, phone number, everything, looking left, that's her like recollection. Looking right means I'm getting creative in my head. Yeah. Um, and there's like all these like typically right-handed people look to the right and up a little <gasps> bit when they're recalling. It's like a whole thing. Oh it's my God, crazy. I'm obsessed with this. And I find myself doing it too. Like if I'm talking yeah. to someone, I'm thinking like, I think I look up and left. Me too. Like, I was just thinking that. I wonder what I'd do if I'm lying. Hold on, let me see. You look cute today. <laughs> You're a bitch. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> gotcha. Burn. Gotcha. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm just pew, pew, pew. But I did an episode on linguistic. What? I can't remember which one that is. That's how I knew it was going to be something like this. That is so fascinating. I know. So Stephanie's arrested and asked what really happened. Here's what happened. Was she running back in and locking the door behind them? That part is weird. Uh, well, I'll, hold on. I'll get there. Okay. She was awake when Stacy came home and they got into a heated argument over a guy they both liked. It quickly escalated and she grabbed the drill drill rifle and hit her in the head. <gasps> Stacy got up. So she hit her again. And again, she said at least four times. Then St Stephanie realized that Stacy wasn't breathing. So she panicked, tried to clean up, staged a scene to make it look like a sexual assault. And if you, that's what, she, so with the underwear thing, I think she'd ripped the underwear while no one was in the room to like, she was like, I need to make it look even more. I don't oh know. my God. Like, you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. A few days later, she recants her, her confession. Once she finds out that Stephen Rhodes is not a psychic. Yeah, she's like, she was oh, like, oh shit. So I shouldn't have said that. No. Yeah. During the trial, she said she only confessed because during the interrogation, Stephen Rhodes hypnotized her with his technique. <laughs> no, he intimidated. The words intimidated you. <laughs> yeah. Come on. While in a trance, he fed her details of the crime for her to say. That's how, because like they, they didn't tell the public about the screen. They didn't tell the anything about sexual assault they like kept some details himself and she knew him uh, she said she was hypnotized and Stephen Rhodes told her all that information well that's easy let's roll the tapes they even got there aren't any of the uh, really interrogation I know I couldn't find any I was like how they recorded these maybe it was just a like table recorder yeah they even yeah. got her to sign the confession while she was hypnotized uh. this is what her defense is saying mm. The prosecution, however, discovered a, an 11-page letter Stephanie wrote to her new boyfriend in jail. And said, in it, it said, well, Randy, I killed her, but it was an accident. She said, here's what really happened. On October 7th, 1985, Stephanie was doing homework in her room. And between 9 p.m. and 10.30 p.m., she took three codeine tablets because of pain she had from an infection. She took three of them. 
Soon after taking the codeine, she dozed off and was woken up at 12.30 a.m. to Stacy and a few other girls coming home. The other girls were helping Stacy into her room because she was pretty drunk. Stephanie heard Stacy say, Tommy is so fine, I want to fuck his brains out. <laughs> Tommy's, Tommy's the guy they were fighting over. Get it, girl. And, and that's when Stephanie went out and told them to be quiet. She was trying to sleep. Very reminiscent of Rebecca coming home to our sorority house <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Y'all remember the song? They call me Stacy. That's not my name. Oh my God. This girl's name's Stacy. Surely she was singing that. (laughs) Rebecca came in screaming it. And the next morning, this other girl in our sorority came in and was like, Do you remember last night? You were so cute. And she was like, Uh oh, why? No, I tried that night. I tried to pay the bar tab with my shoe. Yeah, put her in a cab after that. No, with your foot, your bare ass foot. You put your toes on the library bar. <laughs> I was like, get, get in Rebel Ride. You're out of here. <laughs> oh, college was so carefree and fun. <laughs> so fun. Funny and fun. Yeah. Okay. So the other girls left and Stephanie tried to go back to sleep but couldn't. So she went in Stacy's room to like chat and was like, how was the night? Did y'all fun? Stacy was like, yeah, it was fun. They started talking about Tommy and Stacy asked Stephanie what she thought of him. Stephanie said she thought he was fine, and Stacy lost it, saying she better stay the hell away from him. <laughs> Stephanie mentioned Tommy again, uh-uh. and Stacy slapped her, uh-uh. to which Stephanie called her a bitch and slapped her back. Uh-uh. Stacy then put her hands around Stephanie's neck to choke her, and Stephanie kicked her. When Stacy got up and ran towards her, that's when she grabbed the rifle. But now she's saying none of that's true. And so thought- they're... That was the letter to Randy. That was the, that was the letter to Randy. But uh-huh. she, after she wrote that, she's like, no, no, no. I've recanted my confession. That's not true. Uh-huh. So they asked her in trial why she said that in the letter, why she even wrote the letter. And she said, because my team told me if it looked like self-defense, it would help. And now so your team's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> keep your, now I'm telling you, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Come on. So, but also self-defense, you're sober doing homework. She's wasted. Get out of here. I know. Come on. You're, you're supposed to be the one with the level head in that situation. Well, and she took codeine. So she, she goes on in the letter to say she doesn't remember any of it. Mm. Now she's saying the letter's not true. Nothing's true. She didn't do anything. She was asleep. Nothing happened. <sighs> the jury's like, nah. Mm. And in January 1988, she was found guilty of manslaughter because it was heat of passion. And she was sentenced to 20 years in prison, but only served a little more than half of it, being released in August 2001. She's currently a free woman living in Mississippi, running her own business. And she maintains that she was coerced into confessing and she is actually innocent. Wait, her blood wasn't, no one's blood was anywhere? Hmm. Just Stacy's. Yeah. Why would she be bleeding? That's true. Well, defensive wounds of some sort. Come on. Skin under nails, something. Nothing. Damn. And that is the horrifying murder of Stacey Pinnell, which I kind of believe, I guess, what she wrote in her letter. Like, they had gotten some sort of argument, but like, wow. What a dumb... Think about a dumb boy argument. Like, come on. Right. Who you Um, liked in college. Please. Yeah. Please. Lifetime ago. It's like the... um, Mean Girl Murder series. I think I've already talked about it. But like, yeah, one girl killed a friend over a guy that she liked in eighth grade, but they already didn't get along because they once she once splashed her in the pool and she didn't like it. I'm like, this is how young you are. Yeah, hang in there. The crush will pass. 
I promise. My God. I know. God, that's interesting, though. 20 years based on no physical evidence. Really? Mm. Yeah. I know. That's a tough one for a jury. That's and tough. honestly, had she not, I, I wish the trial, like the notes, got into more details about the door being locked and yeah. the underwear being different because she was the only constant in that room during the time of like people running in and out, like Belinda going to check on Stacy. I'm like, that would have been really the only evidence. Like, had you not done that? The jury had nothing. Oh, God. I, wonder, I don't know how much consideration there was for that because there wasn't, I, there were no details on that except in the case file. And, and it was just the facts, not in the trial, though. But like she flat yeah. out said, then you know I did it. I know. It's no, so, the confession's very damning, of course. Of course. But other than that, I'm like, God, there's enough reasonable doubt there for me. Where yeah. I'd be like, I have to do not guilty. There's, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good one. That's sad. Yeah, that is really sad. I love the body language stuff. The, the eye movement stuff is crazy. Uh-huh. That guy is badass. I know. Cool. Okay. Well, y'all keep telling people. Keep leaving those reviews. Let's climb up the Apple chart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Y'all are the best. People are the worst. I love you. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. Yeah, it's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts. Yes.